Groovy. Hello. Welcome to another edition of the Knife Party Podcast, where we keep it all on the cutting room floor. I'm, of course, your illustrious host, Zach Evergreen. Join with me today, my favorite Patreon subscriber. That would be Mr. Nick Neo. Say hi, Nick. Hello. Hey, what's going on, dude? Not much. It's hot as fuck over there, isn't it? It certainly has been. Yeah, we've gotten a heat wave, too. Probably not like you guys, but we do get that... Man friend disco morning fog, which creates humidity, which makes everyone feel like shit. But you know, hey, you know what? There's been worse weather. At least we don't get twisters. See what I did there? Only you. I try. So, um, this was a pick from you, and uh, we were going to actually take this to Cinema Court originally. Um, your boy Rob brought it up, but then Rob, myself, Antonius. We're all like, we can't take this to court. We all love this movie. It's a good fucking movie. I mean, do you know anyone that truly hates Twister, or are they just trying to be cool to hate Twister? I sincerely do not know anyone that hates this movie. Well, we grew up in a different generation, though. I mean, That's true. a lot of people will shit on this movie saying that it's cheesy, it's dumb, it's an effects fest. Like, a lot of people don't realize... Um, like actually everything that went into this movie maybe the editing is a little like i'm not gonna say bad but just different from what they wanted you know but in my opinion this movie dude i haven't seen this movie um in a long time i think the last time i saw it it was on like television or something hold on let me turn my phone on a airplane because i don't want it to be you know all right there we go um so last time I saw this, I think it was on like TBS or USA or whatever, and it was edited. And yeah, you know what the commercials kind of throws you out um, of it because this movie is like, I, I hate using the term roller coaster ride, but it definitely is. It's like nonstop. This movie takes a five minute break from the action and then goes right back into it for 15 minutes. You know, they leave enough time in for the love story, which a lot of people thought was shitty, but I actually thought was good. Uh, because of the actors in this are fucking phenomenal and a lot of them were no names with except for like Hunt at the time obviously she had Mad About You and also we all love Bill Paxton if, if you don't like Bill Paxton stop listening to the show go fuck yourself would you agree? it actually is one of the few movies he does not die dude that was in my notes <laughs> <laughs> Bill Paxton, um, I know you know I love her, but Catherine Isabel, she dies in every goddamn movie as well. You know this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, um, God, Boromir, what's his fucking name? Michael Bean and Sean Bean die in every movie as well. I mean, do you, can you name a Michael Bean or Sean Bean movie where they don't die, with the exception of Ronan, but that's Sean yeah. Bean? Yeah. Michael Bean, again, underrated. So uh, let's talk about the making of this movie before we get into it. This is going to be a full-fledged episode. This is going to be your first full-fledged episode. I'm looking forward to it. So you need to chime in when you can. I mean, just wave your hand around if you got like something, because obviously this is on the internet. Uh, 
Mr. Neo has never been to the cutting room floor. And I'm not saying he never will, but he hasn't been yet because we don't have the flies teleportation yet because Seth Brundle hasn't figured it out yet. 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 Dude, by the way, you would re- uh, we're going to do a live stream pretty soon. Um, I'm going to try to have you in it. But where you can actually see us in the movie theater shitting on a movie, kind of like Mystery Science Theater, and then you can chime in. I'm going to set you up somehow. Probably nice. via probably via PS Network, seeing how we use that to our projector. I figured out how to hook up. Anyway, that doesn't matter. It's all technical shit. Um, so I was just bitching about Apple. Now I'm bitching about that. All right. Let's get into some of the making of this movie. Okay. I didn't know this till today, but did you know this is based off Michael Crichton, a.k.a. Jurassic Park? I actually did not. He wrote the script, and hmm. it was produced by Steven Spielberg. So when That it, I actually knew. So when it says, from the makers of Jurassic Park, that's what it means, which is pretty cool. Um, here goes a fun fact. Did you know when they show the twister for the first time, it makes that noise? That is the T-Rex's growl from Jurassic Park. I just watched this last night, dude. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. And I rewound it, and I'm like, no fucking way. In fact, I notice there is a few references to other movies. For example, you've seen Repo Man, right? Or at least heard the podcast on it? Yes. Okay. There's a scene where he goes like a... You know, an ordinary person spends his life staying out of intense, uh, intense situations, but a storm chaser spends his life getting into tense situations. That is a direct quote from, do you have a fucking train behind you? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Well, that's forgivable. Um, you can't Welcome con- to Oklahoma. <laughs> there you go. You know, some of my family's from there. What part? I don't fucking know. I don't talk to that side of the family. They're all alcoholics. Which explains a little. So, um, no, really, they're all cunts. Um, <laughs> the only people I like in my family have either been on the show, which you probably know. Oh, by the way, we got to say a shout out to uh, Jonathan Fallen from Hoodcast AF. Um, you've uh, have you ever listened to their show? I have not yet, dude. I have started a thousand year war with one of their members, Mike TV. That guy hates me because I keep doing prank phone calls. You know, you probably heard on the show where, we're, where um, we do prank phone calls to their show. And he's like, fuck that. I'm sick of them self-promoting. He even said my real goddamn name on there because I said his, his my shoot name. So it's like, it's on. Now, Jonathan thinks it's hilarious. And he goes, keep calling in. Keep, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. So other movie references in here. Did you notice that um, the truck that the T-1000 drives is in this movie. The tanker. Yeah, right at the end. That's right. That's right. Also, there's an Evil Dead reference, too, where the tree attacks. But it's not like it's a very subtle thing. This is a very huge love letter to other movies. Now, when I, you know, like it stays in your memory is this che- cheesy movie, and it, and it was a uh, a huge advertisement for um, for the Dodge Ram at the time. I'll get into that in a second, but um, also they had a whole fucking Van Halen song for this, and I don't know if you knew this, but Va- that was the last thing Van Hagar recorded before they got rid of him and got the dude from Extreme. I did not. There you go. Um, so Dodge Ram promoted the 
fuck out of this movie. All their commercials had the song, and they also had that truck, and and that's why it was like bright red, and it saves the day, and it's immune to the twister powers. So there you go. Oh, advertisements. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Nick Neo and all of our other Patreons, but mainly Nick Neo. And you know why he got to choose this episode is because he is a Stop the Bike, Stop the Bike member of our podcast. That means you get cool merchandise, swag, and etc. And also you get to uh, pick the shows and if you so wish, be on it. We also have the I Got Five Kids to Feed, where you get access to our new show that's coming out season two, which is like three episodes away called Knife Party After Dark. You haven't heard it yet, Nick. You're going to really like it. I've learned a lot about our... It's basically the mics are still on, but the but the, we're not talking about anything. We're just bullshitting. And dude, I found a lot of stuff out about a lot of people. Like, for instance, did you know... I've worked with this motherfucker for years. Did you know that Antonius Montana was married? No. Neither did I. And I've, I've known the guy for years. There's like a lot of shit that comes out. It's it's a lot of fun. That's at the five dollar level. Also, old Slimeac radios and uh, for the one dollar, I got I got uh, not I got five kids feet. What the fuck? I buy that for a dollar. You get our Power Glove podcast, which is our video game podcast. That's just me and Rob. How are you liking that show? Have you been listening to it? I have. I actually really enjoyed the uh, RE4. Yeah, that was a cool episode. Um, we just did a Pokemon episode. It hasn't dropped yet, but it's only about red and blue and yellow. It's it's a lot of fun. It'll make you want to replay the game. It really will. Okay, so those are my advertisements. Um, other things about this film. So, you know my Mean Girls math? I do. Okay, Mean Girls math is, for those just listening, seeing how we probably will be on iTunes for the first time in a year, ever. Um, mean Girls cost $80 million to make. It only brought in $87 million. That's bad. Now that's become a cult movie where everyone loves that movie. At least everyone I know loves that movie. Um, it's kind of like Clueless or Jawbreaker or Saved. It's like a, a girl movie that dudes aren't supposed to like. Um, I wouldn't even put Craft in that because Craft is amazing. But um, it's it's one of those movies that did not make its buck until DVD release. So. This movie cost $92 million to make. And at the time, that was almost a record. I think the only movie that came close to that was Batman and Robin, but I might be mistaken. Or do you do you have any knowledge about any other movie that almost hit a million dollars? Obviously, um, Independence Day did. But that came like a little bit after this. No, I'm just Batman and Robin. I was like, ooh. Um, that's on the list, by the way, probably because I know either you or Rob are going to request it and seeing how we already did, uh, Batman forever or whatever, right? Batman tomorrow, Batman, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Yeah. Batman forever. Yeah. I bought the Batman pack. It came with all four of the originals and I will tell you what, um, I have a love hate relationship with anyone. Anyway, so this made 92 or cost 92 million which is insane for how much is going on here in 1996, right? Because, you know, inflation yeah. and everything else. Um, Industrial Lights Magic spent a lot of money on this. Or, sorry, a lot of time on this. It grossed. I have two numbers here, and I don't know if one is domestic and one is international. But I got a two, uh, two that, uh, $241 million, and I think that's here, domestic. But it got... 
$494 million. Like, I think that's international. That is a huge payback. That's a huge payback. That's five times of what it, uh, not what it should have made, but uh, the cost of it. So good on them. Um, Let's see, other fun facts about this. Did you know they, uh, that Helen Hunt and uh, Bill Paxton got pretty beat up during the filming? I wouldn't doubt it. They both got hepatitis, believe it or not. Type A, you know, the type that's not permanent. And it was a scene when they're underneath the bridge. Um, like when that, yep. yeah. Okay. So they were, that place was sopping wet. They had a film, like this filming of this was actually pretty grueling. I watched a making of it and, uh, I have a lot more respect for this movie. Oh, another shine out, uh, shine out, shout out to, uh, films in this movie is, I don't know if you noticed during the, uh, did you watch this recently before we reviewed it or are you just going off memory? Oh, no, I actually watched it the other day. Mm. The drive-in scene. Did you notice they had the shining on there, right? Yes. Yes, I did. By the way, the shining that constantly funny every time. By the way, we just did the shining. It hasn't posted up yet because we have like a whole theory about the shining where every single person on the podcast has a different theory. And dude, it gets deep. We were going to do it all in one episode. We couldn't. We did all of our theories and we're like, okay, we need another week and then we're gonna rewatch it. But it's funny you mentioned this movie. Because we just did our last recording was The Shining, like coincidentally, it's fucking weird. Um, but when Jack is attacking with the axe, that's when the F five or whatever is approaching, or F four, I think, is approaching. And also, um, when you uh, uh, see it building up, you see Jack building up with rage, like when he's walking down the hallway. And then you also see the red rum when shit's going nuts. It's funny because they picked out the scenes to go along with this. So I think actually a lot of people say this is an overrated uh, Hollywood um, summer blockbuster. I would say it's actually a tongue-in-cheek, really good movie disguised as a summer blockbuster. How say you? I say either way, it's an awesome fucking movie. It scratches the itch that we needed since. And like I said, Jurassic Park, there's a lot of Jurassic Park themes to this. There's some other weird things that we'll go over in it as it goes. But let's talk about the cast and crew, shall we? Okay. This is a pretty star-studded when it comes to Twister, right? Uh, Like when it comes to the cast, rather. So we have Helen Hunt, who plays Joe. We have Bill Paxton, who is Bill. <laughs> they call him Billy, but uh, his name is Willie Harding in it. We have fucking Carrie Elwes in this movie. And by the way, his accent is ridiculously good as like a Texaner. And he's the leader of the Bad Storm Chasers. I mean, when you first saw this, okay, I was a kid when I first, actually, I saw this, believe it or not, on opening day, which is my wife's birthday, May the 10th. Um, obviously she wasn't born in 96. That'd be gross. Um, that'd be very disgusting, but, uh, I mean, it would be legal, but still it'd be gross. Um, but did, did you know that was him until you rewatched it? I don't know how, like if this is like a, a normal watch for you or if you just like waited, cause I haven't watched this movie in like at least 20 years. I watch it pretty frequently off and on. Mm. And oh. I just, cause for a long time I didn't realize that was, Carrie Elwes, and then oh hey yeah you yeah 
I know. Well, I we just did Princess Bride, and like that is a handsome, handsome man. And I'm like, wait, the f- is that? That's fucking Carrie Elwes. I didn't even need to look it up, but uh, yeah, that's Carrie Elwes. Also, Bueller, Bueller. Did you notice Alan Ruck is in this? Who plays Cameron? Or uh, yep. yeah, he's in this, which yeah, is Cameron. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman. This is the first movie I've ever seen him in. Like I swear, like at least I think so. Um, I can't even name a movie before 1996 I've seen him in. You know, and then of course, like after Boogie Nights, I was like, that guy is fucking talented. And uh, I followed him ever since. Obviously, you know, tragic loss and everything else like that. But Philip Seymour Hoffman used this vehicle, this movie, as an excuse to move out of L.A. and into New York. He's like, cool, because this movie was not filmed in California, and uh, he wanted to get the fuck out of California. So there you go on that. Um, I'm not. Uh, he's so fucking over the top in this movie, though. Like, he's so ridiculous in this movie. D- Dusty is his name in it. Did you know Gary Busey's son, Jake Busey, is in this fucking movie? Yes. Yes, I did. I actually, like, holy shit, it's Jake Busey. So this means Jake Busey had a good couple of years because he did this and then right after did Starship Troopers. And you know my admiration and love for Starship Troopers. It's probably... No. Probably one of my, it definitely is number five in my top, like, ten. This is the turn where you talk. (laughs) Well, I definitely agree with you on Starship Troopers. It is one of my top, top picks. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I mean, everything from the music and everything else. Now, speaking of Starship Troopers, you know the song at the prom? There's two songs. There's Into It, Into Your Head. And also yep. they they also have the other song, All Is Well. Well, I haven't been to paradise. Right? Those two songs are after, Z- her name is Zoe. Um, she is actually the person that did Starship Troopers, the score of it. That's his daughter. Her music... They have a song with her in the beginning when we finally see Dusty and the good Storm Chasers. That's her. That's a song by her. So there's another little tie in there. This movie is so weird where it ties shit together. And I didn't even realize it until I rewatched it. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And I started taking all these fucking notes and fact checking myself. And sure enough, yeah, that's her too. So those are the only two movies I know she's in. But that composer also did this movie. Interesting. Yes. No. Maybe so. Very interesting. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's get down to brass tacks. We're going to start a review in just a second. This got sixty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, making it certified fresh. But the audience only gave it fifty eight. Wah wah. What would you give this movie? If I hadn't originated and still live in Oklahoma because you hate tornadoes now oh no we everyone fucking loves them here we will go outside and fucking watch them do you uh get naked and throw a bottle of jack like Billy did I do not okay (laughs) I personally have not been in a tornado but my fiance's parents have okay how was that how did that work out 
they lost their trailer and it wasn't an F5. So it wasn't an F5. Win win. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually have something funny. I could either play it now or play it after, but there is a really funny Opie and Anthony bit a call, uh, about Storm Chasers where they just rip this movie apart with Patrice O'Neill. And it actually has an animated video. And uh, it's about Italian storm chasers. Like, we're storm chasers. We hunt, we hunt tornadoes in our IROC Zs. Let me see if I, if you could, if you could hear it, I'll play it. If not, just not along. All right, let's see. Um, go, go. I, I wasn't actually uh, prepared for this, but it just came to mind. Uh, storm chasers. Mm-mm-mm. So, how was your day? Why I look this up? dreadfully exciting oh good all right here we go let me uh know if you can hear this if not just pretend hey, like i'm a can. storm chaser yeah the brooklyn hey. storm chasers huh we chase him in iraq z's <laughs> hey kamenuch i'm detecting an f2 on the uh, fujita scale uh, hey let's go out get some uh, fujitas <laughs> i'm sitting there in brooklyn this tornado yeah. comes screaming through my neighborhood i'm like you know Hey, I don't mind the tornado as long as the in stay out of the neighborhood, huh? The uh, in Brooklyn we use the head gel uh, scale. Yeah. Yeah, you know you get a tornado to in uh, if your hair don't move, it's an F1. Cause then you you know you got your gel. If you get a few hairs out of place, it's a F2. What about uh? What about the F5? F5, Mingy, forget about it. F5. Yeah. It's the finger of Sinatra. <laughs> Kamenuch, put it on. Put it on. Summer wind. So this is playing inside your IROC. Oh, yeah. What's going on outside your IROC? Well, we're, we're, we're storm chasing. Yeah. We're storm chasing. Hold on. Hold on. I got to take care of something. What are you doing in our neighborhood? Get out of here. It's Italians here, you Get out of here! The tornado's blowing all the sorts of people into the Don't look at my sister, you! Hey! Yeah, huh? Not their fault! Yeah, but I love everyone. Beneath the blue. I'm tired from all this storm chasing. I'm gonna go down to a Mario's and get some... All right. You hear that okay? <laughs> I love O&A, dude. You know, if it wasn't for ONA and Joe Bob Briggs, we wouldn't be doing this. Let's go ahead and start the podcast officially. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Or you could say, like, your boy, send it. Or as I say, let's fuck this pig. <laughs> That's the episode. Just us doing. To uh, be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Fuck, that, that was, was even better. better. <laughs> that was better. God fucking damn it. Fucking damn it. All right. Grim music. So, we start with a not a flashback, but like a, a origin scene. Right? It is June 1969, and we see a farmhouse. You know, and there's a girl sleeping. She's blonde. You know, and anyway, the parents of this person, uh, her name is Joe, because uh, they're like, Joe, come on, come on. You know, uh, she's sleeping. And they pick her up, and uh, there's a little cute dog there. Which, by the way, they show the dog later in the future, and it's not the same fucking dog. There is no way. But the dog, I don't know if you know this, is the same dog as Toto. Get it? 
you know, Wizard of Oz and everything. Remember, this is not visual, dude. You, you need to speak up so they can hear you. <laughs> Come on, you piece of shit. I know you can do this. I'm going to teach you the rules of radio. Just go right. yes and and because if you don't have anything to say. So anyway, uh, they grab her. They um, they leave the dog. But then the dog comes back. Thank God, right? And uh, Toby is the name of the dog. Toby gets in uh, just in time as the dad pulls down the door. And this is in their storm cellar. Now, they're all like huddled in a corner. And you see the storm. And it's like, ah. Like the storm actually makes noise. They actually did Foley artists to make noise of the storm. Meaning it wasn't, you know, they made it have a growl on purpose. To kind of give it like some kind of um, maleficent voice if you will kind of like did you ever see jaws for the revenge well, a long time ago but yes okay we're gonna cover that movie because it is one of the movies everyone hates and i love the shark growls in it i'm not i kidding. remember that yeah it was great wasn't it i want that as a drop where i could press the button and have a shark growl i mean why the fuck not right i okay. just want to see a shark growl yeah i know me too it's like Things to do in life. Smell Nikki Bella's pussy. See a shark growl. Actually watch a fuck around and, and uh, find out moment so I could laugh and film it and yell world star. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> now <laughs> we go to present day and uh, there's a uh, we see a national storm. Oh, God damn it, David Benson, you piece of shit. I might call him if he does that one more time. I have my phone off, too, that cocksucker. Um, the National Storm uh, Surveillance Lab, right? And they uh, track a record outbreak of tornadoes that hasn't been around, I think it was, what, 32 years or 62 years, something like that? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. All right. So it's been like half a lifetime, right? So enter Bill Paxton. And, uh, you know, at the time, like I said, his new Dodge Ram. And I swear to God. I remember this. I was in seventh grade. They promoted the fuck out of the Dodge Ram in this movie, but also in the Dodge Ram commercials. They used the fucking Van Halen song, Humans Being, which, are you a Van Halen fan at all? Casually. Are you a Van Hagar or Van Halen fan? Van Halen. Okay. I hate to break this to you. Van Halen, Van Halen 1 is great. But then everything sucked until Hagar came in with 5150. My opinion, I apologize. Don't hit me. Don't cancel me, bro. But those are the only really two albums I like by Van Halen. So I like the first one of which and the first one of second. Yes, they should have changed their name to Van Hagar or something else, but whatever. Van Halen's a cool fucking name for a band. Um, that song was used for the Dodge Ram, and they had clips of Twister. And for Twister, this was obviously, like, it was a huge commercial. Notice the bad guys drive Chevys, and they try to, like, mud up the Chevy logo. But the Dodge Ram is, like, sparkling clean throughout the whole thing. You know they got paid for that. So, anyway, um, let's see. ba 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 yeah, enter Helen Hunt. Okay, hold on. Let's let's stop the bike here. I don't know about you, but I've had a weird attraction to Helen Hunt. Like when I was a kid, like let's say thirteen, I thought she looked odd. But she has like this weird thing with squinty eyes and like a big forehead and just like a really sexy voice that as I get older. 
she gets hotter and hotter to me. How say you? Well, yeah. It like I didn't like her when it, I was a teen at all. I thought she was like ew and mommy and like ugh, you know, like and gross and like mediocre. And now I look at her and I'm like fuck. And even like 10 years ago when I was watching her, I, I was like, "Damn, like what what is it? Why is she growing on me?" Like even in okay. Team America, I think she's hot. Yeah, that's right. She was one of the yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's one of the puppets. But apparently in real life she's really cool. She's a huge fan of Adam Carolla, which is weird, and had a crush on him, which is even weirder. That means I have a chance. So, uh, hey, what's up? <laughs> Did you know Twister was released on your birthday? Yes. I know, right? Say hi to Eli, everybody. Okay, uh, so yeah, uh, Helen Hunt enters, and uh, her character is Joe, the character from the beginning, right? And the storm chases. So uh, these now there's two sets of storm chasers, right? We have our good storm chasers and our bad storm chasers. And again, like any other movie, the good guys are a ragtag bunch of rascals chasing storms, and then we have our bad ones that are all military and they wear black jeeps and like practically camo and everything else like that, but we get to meet them later. So Helen Hunt and the Storm Chasers, listening to Zoe by Starship Troopers, like I said, um, they're working on a new radar tech, right? So by the way, Bill's name's Bill, obviously. Um, and I don't know why they do that in movies. Don't, are you a fan of when they name a character in the movie after the character? Okay, having a little uh, difficulties here. So I'm just going to move on. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, his name's Bill. And anyway, Joe meets uh, Helen Hunt. She acts like nothing's going on, but clearly there's something going on because she's just concentrating on our work. Why Bill's like, can you sign these papers? This is obviously, oh, and Bill shows up with his, like, you know, girl. So we get the feeling that there's a, a love triangle or something going on. Um, uh, Bill's new fiance, if you will, is a therapist. They call her doctor, but we don't know if she's a therapist. They're kind of like make fun of that in a way. But um, Joe is still doing like, you know, their work, if you will, like something that they were married to, not only from themselves they were married, but they are married to like this project called the Dorothy. Now, we don't get to see too much about it, but we just see Helen Hunt working. He puts the divorce papers on the hood of the truck. Go ahead and sign. She goes, I need to look at it. She takes the papers and leaves. Then they're like, oh, a storm is coming. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. So they jump in the truck, and then uh, Bill's like, fuck, you know, I didn't get those papers back. We need to follow him. That that means you talk. <laughs> They're following them, trying to, trying to catch up. As they're going down the road, guess who shows up? Who? Carrie Elwes. Goddamn right, Carrie Elwes. Yeah. So hold on, I'm gonna look at my notes. Describe Carrie Elwes, this versus Princess Bride because it is a night and day. This shows his range. Carrie Elwes. Princess Bride, adorable, handsome man, 
Cariel was Twister. Corporate asshole. Is it corporate because they talk about him trying to get like tech uh, sponsorship or some shit like that? Like it's, he's not, oh no, no, there's a line. He's not doing it for the science. He's doing it for the, for the greed, man. Like, yeah. It's it's funny because it's it's almost like a liberal versus Republican kind of thing that they the message they're trying to send. Now, granted, this was in 1996 when we didn't have fucking crazy politics as we do now, but it is like, man, vote for the little guy kind of thing. So they showed Dorothy, right? And this is like something that Joe and Bill have been working on, and it's a uh, chamber pot that goes up and it dispenses the sensors that will record the activity of a storm. Now I need a pause here. Have you ever heard of the movie tornado and the end is spelled with the explanation point? No, this came out, you know, my volcano theory. Yes. Okay. For those who don't know, cause we might be new on Apple. My volcano theory is this. I call it the volcano theory. It first started that I noticed was when Dante's Peak and Volcano came out at the same year. When a movie studio learns that there is a movie coming out, usually someone will... Oh, motorcycles now. God, you got the whole fucking... You're like Grand Theft Auto there. Trains, motorcycles, automobiles. Um, Whenever a movie comes out, someone usually will get released. And they'll go to another movie. So say someone works for Universal and they're like, hey, they're working on a, uh, a a movie about motorcycles or volcanoes or asteroids. They move over to um, TriStar and they go, hey, I was just on set with a movie that was about blankety blank. And then the other studio goes, huh, we need to make a blankety blank movie. In fact, the only reason why Alien was done was because of, believe it or not, Empire Strikes Back. This movie spawned, and I'm not even fucking kidding you, a direct-to-cassette movie called Tornado. Uh, Explanation point. Guess who it starred? No idea. Take a wild fucking guess. Just a wild guess. Wild guess. The, The wildest you can go. Okay. Just, just... Throw throw something to the wall because I really want to I really want to tell you, but I want you to at least gab a jab at it. But there's two actors that you know in movies you find beloved. Mm. Give up? Yeah. Come on, just throw one at me. All right, uh, John Travolta. Close, very close. Bruce Campbell. Really? And guess who was this the black sidekick? Denzel? Not even close. Ernie Hudson, aka Ghostbusters. Winston. Winston. They did a movie that was shot for shot almost the same without the love triangle thing. And it even had the same preface where you have to get like this device to track toward it. It was the same. Fuck. And if you look at the cover, like if, if you're listening to this 
and you're driving, don't do it now. But later on, type in tornado with the explanation point. Uh, and then if you can't find it, type in, um, you know, that plus Bruce Campbell and go in just to, to art and you will, or, or, you know, images dude. And it came out no bullshit with what whilst twister was in the theater. This motherfucker, this was a USA original movie and it had the same fucking ending and it, it was a remake. It was a made for TV remake and they threw it out there. Now, don't get me wrong, I love Bruce Campbell, but dude's got to make a buck, I get it, but it's a blatant ripoff. It's kind of like when they did Sharknado and then they just started doing everything shark and it sucked. Oh, yeah. Now, there's a couple other movies that came out around the same time with the same premise, but this one is like exactly, like toe-to-toe, step-by-step the same fucking movie. I love you, Bruce, but I kind of got a knocky on that one, dude. It's like he should have been like, can we at least put sharks in it? And then that would have been the first shark they know, and it would have been great. Anyway, back to the uh, plot, right? So Dorothy, we already explained that. Now, of course, she doesn't sign the papers. So Bill has to go along, you know, and, and he tags along. And then we have uh, Jones Miller, and he's the evil storm chaser played by, of course, Carrie Elwes, right? And, uh, okay, get this. All right, hold on. All right. For real. Um, the bad storm chasers try to commit attempted vehicular homicide by running the good storm chasers off the road. Let me repeat that. There is an attempted murder for them to get at the storm first, Okay. Now, let's let's just analyze this shit. If you were the bad storm chasers, and even if your device worked, which we haven't figured out yet, um, don't you think there would be a little bit of ramifications of you killing your competition? Only if you get caught. Only if there are witnesses and There's corporate lawyers. There's a lot of I mean, you have a lot of people in this car. There's like, these fuckers are like a Grateful Dead caravan. They really are. I mean, you got like at least every party has like, what, at least eight to 16. Um, they run them off the fucking road, like in the middle of fucking nowhere. This is, okay, I get it in the 90s where you could suspend your belief. But me being a 40-year-old man, it's like, I see this and I go, um, suspension of disbelief just took a cigarette break. Uh, that is beyond fucking retarded. It's very TikToked, but it doesn't matter. It's a movie, right? But uh, that bothered me. I, I just watched this last night, like right before I went to bed. I, I put it on at uh, 10.30, watched this. Um... And then I was like, what? I have to write this shit down. All right. Anyway, uh, any comments on these scenes real quick? Did you find anything like super ridiculous where it threw you? I always thought it was funny when uh, we're getting a little ahead here. 
But once they're at the diner and he's getting his tire replaced. That's where we're going to go next. You're, you're exactly at the right point. Well, he's getting his tire patched because douchebag in the Winnebago drove him off the road. And then we find out Cariola's character has a similar Dorothy. The dot, D-O-T, three, the dot three, which probably means the Dorothy, blah, 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 whatever, three. He has the same one except for their sensors are square, which, by the way, is really stupid seeing how squares are not. Yeah. Keep going. I'm, I'm reading my notes, and you're tracking me, so good. Well, he's watching them filming him explaining explaining Dot to the cameras. Yeah, he's got total news coverage. Like, it was planned. You know, like, hey, we're going to be here at this time. And there's a whole news crew. And this is where we have a little scuffle breakout between the good and the bad storm chasers. He's like, it's my fucking idea, man. Kind of thing. And... Oh, you didn't realized idea. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but they're staying at the same place and they're like, oh, well, a tire was busted out from uh, being run off the road. And it's funny because they say it's going to take 45 minutes. Dude, I don't know if you've ever shredded a tire. 45 minutes is like really quick to patch a tire with that kind of shred. Just saying. If it's a nail, I get it. It's uh, pretty oh, easy. It was just a puncture, and they fixed that shit in 15 minutes. I thought, yeah, but wasn't it a side puncture? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just know whenever I have, I had a, a tire punctured, it was way more than 15 minutes or whatever. It was usually like an hour and a half. And you're like, really? What the fuck? So this movie, next time I get a tire puncture, I'm going to go, you know, in the movie Twister, it only took 15 minutes. And I'm just going to stare and look, you know, like, Yeah, but 90s when people still kind of cared versus today when no one gives a shit at all. This is true. Because most people work remotely as we are now, but uh, most people like, I don't even think I could change a tire easily because I'm over 40. Most people can't. They'll just sit in their car and go, uh, I wish I had AAA at this point. Um, but still thick. Like it looked like when they got run off the road, it was not like a nail puncture. It looked like they shredded the fucking tire. And to get a matching tire set, like that's, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Especially in that kind of, because they're supposed to be in Hurricane Alley, which is like in the middle of fucking nowhere. So anyway, after that, um, they get into it and he's like, then, then Bill's like, I'll give you one day and only one day. To like, you know, track this storm. And they kind of make a little pact, you know, and they're like, he's back. Yeah, the destroyer. Or they give him a fucking stupid name. I have it written down. But they're like, Bill's back. Yeah, Billy's back. And his his current fiance. The extreme. The extreme. That's what it is. It's the extreme. You're right. You're right. You're fucking right. The the extreme's back. And they're like, they they all got their dicks hard. And uh Helen Hunt is like, you know, oh, okay, you know, maybe my plan's working, even though it's not a plan. She refuses to, uh, the, the, I think that the agreement is that if he hangs around for 
24 hours, she will sign the documents. I, I think that's kind of the 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 um, agreement there, if you will. Because I, at this point, it's not about the divorce papers anymore. It's about sticking it to him. Yeah. It's about sticking it to Carrie Elwes's character. Um, so anyway, they all stop off uh, at, at this diner and Bill decides, you know, um, where the twister's headed. And this is the stupidest thing out of them all. Uh, Bill, Bill's at this diner, you know, and he walks outside and he's like, I need to check the soil. And he's picking up the soil and he's tasting it. He's licking it. And he's like, yeah, you know, he's, he's fucking tracking the goddamn twister as if it were a, um, a velociraptor or something, you know, and he's seeing where exactly it's going. Um, and, and he doesn't exactly know where, uh, oh, no, sorry. He knows exactly where it's going. And whilst the good guy, the storm chasers and the bad guy, storm chasers are all trying to figure out exactly where they are. And, uh, the bad guys are like, should we follow him? Should we follow him? And Bill's out there by himself doing this. And then we get a reaction or sorry, a interaction with uh, not only um, Joe's character, but also the fiance character. And uh, they have like a little interaction back and forth. And whenever they have a back and forth, it's always over coffee. It's very, very interesting. Um, it's always they're ordering coffee at the same time and they just kind of have a one-two, like an instant one-two of what's going on. Um, by the way, I think Nick Neo's having some trouble with his uh, with his feed, so I'm gonna just keep on going. He'll jump in when he can. All right, so now we have Dusty. This is um, Seymour's, uh, Seymour's character, Dusty, right? So anyway, Dusty is, uh, you know, he starts to, uh, hey, are you there? Are you back? Are you back? You're gone for a yeah, second. Okay. So now we have Dusty's character uh, uh, is um, actually taunting the uh, uh, the storm chasers. You know, he's like, fuck you, dude, because this is when they are uh, chasing the storm, you know, and they're trying to take Dorothy up to the F2 because in this movie, they start off, it's like F1 and then, or sorry, F2 and F3 and F4. You know, they 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 kind of like uh, as the movie progresses, the storm gets bigger and bigger. Am I right? Oh yes. Okay. So, um, this is when uh, they're they're chasing after it, you know, and the twister changes course, and this is where sidewinder. Yeah, it's a sidewinder. So this is where Bill Paxson uses. Sorry, Billy uses his uh, his tracking powers. Remember when he did his D and D ranger shit and he picked up the the dirt and like saw where it was going just from the dirt. Greenage. We got greenage. We got greenage. So uh they go off a certain way and he's like, turn off this road, go over this. And then um they're like, are you? And then uh, she's like, you lost your nerve. That's what Joe says. And he goes, oh, I lost my nerve. And then he pulls off into a ditch and they like cut through, you know, and they, they're, they're getting Dorothy ready and everything else. And, but then they get stuck. You know, th this is when, uh, okay, so th th they kind of get stuck in there and, and everything else, and they're underneath the bridge, and it comes in, and Dorothy gets lost. Uh, wait, I think I'm right. Am I right? 
Yeah, they get stuck in the irrigation ditch. They can't get yeah. out. And they're just going right for this wooden bridge that goes over the ditch. And yeah. the twister's coming right at them. They, there's a, yeah, and there's a driving montage where it shows <laughs> the bad guys and the good guys, storm chasers, all kind of going against each other. And this is where they, you know, split. Oh, and by the way, of course... Um, fucking Dusty has to play music and all of their CB radios are connected including the good guys and the bad guys so you can hear all the banter. It reminds me a lot of like Twisted Metal or something because they're they're like rabbing each other and shit almost. It's like um how is this legal but it's a movie but still it, it you know it is what it is. So anyway um, then we hear and of course this is across the CB radio we hear Joe and uh, Bill fight in the car and this is where uh, this is where the fucking tornado growls by the way and uh, this is where they get trapped on the bridge now Dusty um, taunts the bad guy storm chasers and he's like you need fucking stuff for us what the fuck man you know that game over man game over but it's not that because you know, it would have been great if fucking Bill Paxton would have said, it's game over for you, man. I would have loved that if they would have did like that a little. Would have been... Exactly. So the Tornado uh, chases course, and this is where we get our cow scene. You know... <laughs> okay, real quick, though. Let me ask you this. How come later in the film, when there's an F fucking five, Helen Hunt and Bill Paxson are immune to being caught up in the whirlwind, yet cows are fine and the truck is fine. Just, do you know how much a cow weighs? Obviously, you're from Oklahoma. You know how much a cow weighs. Definitely more than me. <laughs> this is radio, dude. You could weigh 120 pounds. Cows are at least a couple hundred at minimum couple no more like four or five truck is a few tons Helen Hunt dripping wet is about 130 pounds I could tell maybe maybe 130 pounds Bill Paxton's probably rocking around nine 195 maybe 210 tops how come they're not caught up later on in the F5 we'll get to that they do kind of explain it, but not really. But anyway, cows fly by. Now, this is 1996 CGI. Do you, did you think this held up? Because I just watched it, and I'm like, eh, you know what? It held up. Especially seeing how they shot this all with clear sky. All that shit was added in later. The only practical effects in this movie, actually, was all the weeds, uh, wood chips, falling shit and uh hail in fact a lot of people got injured in fact helen hunt got uh, a concussion from falling shit and also bill paxton and her at the end of the film they got blinded by they had sunlights going on them you know with the uh and and they both got blinded and had to stop production for a week they had to wear special glasses and they burnt their corneas too that wouldn't be surprised yeah but that just means that if me and helen hunt ever meet I'll look better in her eyes. So there's a chance. This is true. This is true. Okay. Anyway. Um, so let's see. Uh, change course. Mean the course. Oh, yeah. So this is where they go to the aunt, Aunt Meg. 
Remember that scene where they're like, he's like hungry, hungry. Now, by the so way, we uh, we can't help but notice we're pretty close to Rokita. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Aunt Meg wouldn't mind a stopover. Yes, exactly. So they're like, we need food. We need food. And they're acting like little kids, even though like there's their fucking Jeep is destroyed and the Betty's destroyed and everything. And they're like, the good storm chase is like, fuck it. Let's just go. You know, whatever. You know, and it's like, um, you realize you just had like at least, including the Betty, what did you think? Like $50,000 minimum? Worth of equipment, and this is nineteen ninety six dollars. Easy, easy, right? The Betty has all these sensors. You know those things weren't cheap. Oh yeah, Especially and they were prototypes. All grant money was gone. Yeah, and they're all prototypes too. <laughs> but remember, there's four of them. So, but this is the Betty one, or at least three or four, something like that. Anyway, regardless. So they all go to Aunt Meg's house, which I think Aunt Meg was the one that saved him because I think Joe was orphaned. I think. Yes. <clears throat> well, no, she she wasn't completely orphaned; just lost her father. Yeah, but Aunt Meg, we never see her mother. We only see Aunt Meg, who, by the way, is the toughest sob in this movie. And of course, they go over, and she makes everyone steak and eggs. And there's even a joke. About like where'd you get all this meat? And she goes, "Do you see the cow up front now? You don't make steak out of cows; you make them out of steers. Am I correct on this? You got, you got me. Apparently, cows. You don't. When people go, steaks are made out of cows. No, they're made out of steers. The males they cut off their balls, and so they don't grow horns, and you get the meat from them. That's what I've heard. I don't know. I've never been a butcher. I'm from California. I don't know." Um, everyone around here is tofu and greens. I eat fucking red meat and cheese every day, all, all day. I know is steak is good. <laughs> steak is fucking delicious. Next Friday is my anniversary with my wife, and guess where we're going? A fucking steakhouse. And guess what? We're gonna spend a lot of money eating red meat, and it's gonna stuck in my teeth, and I'm gonna love it. It's high roll. Give me meat and guns. Fuck you, California. I live here, but I hate you. Hey, do you, get, do you know a good place where I can live out there and sell my house and have a lot of guns and meat? Oh, fuck yeah, man. Land is fucking cheap out here compared to California. Yeah, I know. That's why I need to pay off this fucking house and move out. I just got to wait for some people to die out here, so that way my wife will agree. Or I could kill her. I mean, oh shit, I sh shouldn't say that on the radio. Anyway, going back to the movie. So they go over to Aunt Meg, right? And they have steak and eggs. And now the dude from Ferris is talking about Billy the Extreme. And here's where we get our stories about Billy the Extreme in front of his new uh, fucking fiance. And they're telling stories about, you know, the you know uh, the F2 and the F3 and how Billy once got drunk on Jack Downs. He goes, have a drink. And he throws it out while he's naked. And they're telling all these legendary stories about he can sense and track a a fucking and meanwhile Helen Hunt is like you know in somber yet wet vagina mode where she has to take a shower and and you know uh Meg's like go talk to him you know but yet his like uh fiance's downstairs and Bill Paxton's like yeah I know this happened and they're like and then his uh his fiance's like um you know they're talking about F1 F2 and F3 and F4 and then they're like she's like what's an F5 
F5. Finger of God. Finger of God. Finger of God. And they over-traumatize this. Like, has anyone ever experienced it? Oh, the extreme has. Right? Like, they make it known that he's so cool. And to be fair, it is Bill Paxton. So I can't really be mad at that scene, but it is super cheesy. Speaking of which, I'm going to break kayfabe a little bit. Who is that nice young lady you were talking to? It better have been your sister. The nice young lady I was talking to was my fiance. Oh, went to bed. what's oh? She went to bed. I wanted her to say hi highs, but it's okay. Um, all right. So now, the F three breaks out. They get it on their CV like, oh, an F three just reports and like, get your shit. Let's get out of here. So, without you know, they say their goodbyes to Aunt Meg on the way out, and she gives them some steaks. And uh, they run out and they start chasing it. And, of course, it's a storm chaser race to chase the storm. It's pretty ridiculous, right? So the bad guys and the good guys, they all jump in their cars. They go race off. And then they reach. uh, They do the Repo Man quote. Like I said, uh, life for Repo Man is always intense. Normal people go out there. Whatever. Watch Repo Man. It fucking rules. It's better in this movie, but we'll get into that later. Um, Because Ruby Man's fucking a classic. This movie's good. It's not a classic. It's good. It's not, you know, it's good. It's a summer blockbuster. I mean, I I would never put a summer blockbuster over like 80. Except for like Terminator 2 and Jaws. Either way. um, So then they get in range of the Twister and they get into the Cone of Silence. Remember this? So the Kono Silence is, uh, I don't know, describe it because I have shit written down here and it kind of makes sense and it doesn't make sense. They get into the suck zone. Mm. Did you know the original tagline for this movie is, it sucks? (coughs) I'm glad they changed that. To the dark side of nature is what they changed it to. You know what's funny? I looked up what I do, or what we do, rather. You've been on the show twice, so I consider you my... I am not considered a critic, which I, I'm i happy I don't like the word critic. Do you know what I'm considered, actually, via internet? And it sounds gross. Get this. Cinephile. I can see it. It means someone who loves movies. But it's got the word file at the end. It makes it a little gross, doesn't it? To someone that doesn't know what it means, yes. Yeah, it's like, uh, hi, I'm Zach. I'm a cinephile. What? Get the fuck out of my neighborhood, bitch. I'll kill you. It's like, um, no, I just really like movies. What movies you like, motherfucker? I don't know. That that, that would probably happen in some areas that I'm aware of. Oakland, California. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay. Anyway. Um, of course... The twister changed direction and it like disappears. They almost got it. And then it becomes like three twisters and, you know, it's out of there. So then they stop at this drive-in. So this movie's a lot of chase tornado, tornado dissipates, meet up at diner or wherever. And then the bad guys also show up. So it's like 
like it's a mad, mad, mad world. It's ever chasing a uh, fucking twister, uh, or sorry, a, a treasure. They're chasing a, a twister. Um, anyway, so this is where that driving scene that I really like with the shining all takes place. Um, You're forgetting one thing, though. Oh shit! Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I'm uh, my bad. You're just a little ahead. While they are on the hill trying to get Dorothy to ready, driving right into the hellstorm, Joe is freaking the fuck out. I've got to get it. I've got to get it. I've got to rescue him. Yeah. Yeah, and she Constantly starts chasing the ghost of her dad. And she starts picking up all the the pieces of Dorothy and everything else like that, if I'm not mistaken. Is that what we're talking about? And then... Bill's like, no, I'm right here. Oh, Look. yeah. And it goes over the CB radio, and then his wife hears it. Like, I'm right yeah, here. You don't. It's just, oh, well, that's it. I'm done. Well, she's not sure yet, but that's when you see her playing with the ring on her finger. Yeah, you're right. Speak on it, son. Keep going. I'm looking through my notes. I'm trying to find that part. Yeah, yeah, you're right, though. Camera looks right at her, and she just says that, oh, well, shit. Look. Yeah, it, 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 it goes on everyone's face and it does that slow zoom where you actually see their relationship, which, by the way, that doesn't work on CB radios that way, but whatever. Everyone overhears their argument about, and she goes, I don't understand how it misses five houses and then goes straight to me. Like it's targeting her. And uh, he's like, Mrs. I'm right. Joe, is that what you think it did? And, they, and then they kind of find a little common ground Remember, it was only supposed to be one day. Now he, Bill, Billy is like committed to solve this because their oh, idea. Dorothy's launching. That's it. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't mind it. I think it's actually kind of cool. Like a lot of people complained about the, ro they say this is a romantic comedy. I don't think it is. It's just because Bill Paxton's funny and Helen Hunt's funny, or at least she can be. That a lot of people gave the shit. I actually think the side plot is good because if it was just a bo bunch of boring people chasing special effects, it would be boring. But I love Bill Paxson and I love Helen Hunt and I love all the other su sorry supporting characters in this movie that I'm like, yeah, this fucking is kick ass. Like, what more do you want? So, yeah, I, I will say that Helen Hunt did dominate the 90s in the romantic genre. Oh, dude, I would let her dominate me in a fucking second. I would let her spit in my mouth and slap me in the face as long as I could bite her parts. Um, anyway, uh, back to the movie. They're at the motel slash drive-in. Did you notice at the motel there was that old cigarette ashtray where it has the one, two, three, four cigarette like thing holder and yep. it was like that 70s yellow orange and it was on top of the tv i don't know that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that always gets me when i see movies and they have an old hotel they're almost always the same fake wood panel uh panel 70s it doesn't even matter if it came out in the 90s the same wood panel uh panel like 70s kind of thing and it's always like a yellow telephone that's been cigarette stained till it it's like tan and the cord is never perfect. It's always fucked up. It almost seems like every goddamn movie uses the same. Like, this is the same exact hotel from Cobra. 
No bullshit. Like, it is a soundstage. Uh, Holy shit, it is. It is. They, they've they used it in so many fucking movies. I swear to God. It's kind of like the diner that they always use in movies. That's from Seven, from Midnight Meat Train to uh, Training Day. It's the same set. This is the same set that they use in all those movies. I think, oh, it's also the same one in Pulp Fiction. They just moved the bed to the other side. Think about it. You know where uh, Bruce Willis? Yeah. 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 It's the same exact fucking one. They just reversed the camera or reversed the the shit. That is like a famous hotel thing that they have in Hollywood that they always fucking use because... But it always looks like post uh, or uh, mid late nineteen seventies, like it, it looks exactly like that. Even in modern movies, because I don't know about you, if you ever go to California and you go to like a, a sleazy hotel, sorry motel, you know where it's like one floor, they always have that same shit. Now, now obviously they don't have the telephones. Maybe they do. I don't know. I haven't been to one in a while. The last time I fucked a rando like in a hotel was a while ago, and while meaning like two years, three years. Don't ask questions. Um, they didn't have the telephone, but it looked the fucking same. The curtains even looked the same where they're like those like curtains that look like sewn, you know, and they're like that brown, orange kind of pattern. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. I just let out a lot in that statement. I'm drinking. This is good for the podcast. People listen to me. What are, what are you drinking? Not sponsored, but my new employer, I am drinking 36% alcohol by volume lemon drop that I made myself. I call it the two sisters. It's actually vodka straight with lemon juice, sugar, and a little bit of blueberry bitters. It gets you fucked up enough to watch Twister and go, this movie rocks. Anyway. Back to the movie. Is so, why you call it the sisters? I call it the two sisters because I just watched The Shining, and it's two different, really good spirits mixed together. <laughs> so they're like, "Yes, come with us, Evergreen. Come with us." And I'm like, "Okay, let's do it, dude." I'm telling you, man. When we redo The Shining, uh, or I mean, we're not gonna redo it. When you when you hear like our theories on The Shining, you're gonna fucking you're going to rewatch that movie like three or four times. I'm on my third rewatch already before we actually review it. Like, we're really going into it. And I love the fact that this movie actually touches on it because I'm like, it's so serendipitous. You know when you don't plan something and shit just falls in line and you're like, I wasn't... Oh, yeah, that's just perfect. Yeah. Just kind of like we're doing this movie and Shining is coming... Right, like within the same week, it's so nuts. Anyway, all right, let's get back to the movie. So now we have the. Uh, I- am I right now where we have our drive-in scene where she breaks yep. up with him and the twister's coming, and we get our sh- whole shining scene where, like I was saying, it says you know the shining. They drive in, they're stopping there, um, they get coffee, everything else, and then we finally get the scene where uh, Billy's fiance actually takes Joe Helen Hunt's character. And they kind of have like a back and forth. And she finally goes up to Billy and goes, I, I get it. You don't 
want to be a weatherman. You don't want to be with me. This is your your thing, and I'm not even mad. And she I, walks off. I can't compete with this. Exactly. We would have ended eventually. Mm-hmm. And right when we see the storm breaking up, we see Jack Nicholson going crazy. And then we see Jack Nicholson with the axe. And then we see the F4 come in. I yeah, think it's, it, was, it was an F4. And then they conveniently take place in the power generator, which is underground. And they're holding down. And you see like hubcaps flying across, you know, the room and everything else like this. And yeah, they, uh, they run into the uh, maintenance shed for the vehicles. They get down in the uh, into the maintenance pit to take cover. So, I know I don't know if you know about this, but Bill Paxton was very upset with the scene. Ask me why. Why? Bill Paxton said this is the point where it should have became Jaws, where the rest of the crew should have died, and it should have been just him and Helen, meaning. Like a giant I-beam should have fell and killed the rest of the crew, and it should have been like a revenge mission kind of thing. He I said, see where they could, could have gone with that. Yeah, like they hide and they leave, you know? Like, uh, I, th- I think when I watched the interview, his idea was something like him and Joe go chase down his fiance while the others stay behind or try to chase, and then they find him later, and they're all dead. And it becomes like a revenge thing. Like, we need to get this twister. And he said, we could have took it to beyond the... Uh, we could have took PG-13 to the to the beyond to almost rated R, but not quite. And he, he said that we should have... And he even wanted to do a sequel where it was darker, grittier, and everything else. Whereas the direction is hey, this is summer blockbuster, you can't go too far kind of thing. And I wish that Bill Paxton would have been in charge. You've seen Frailty, correct? It's been a while. But you've seen it. it. That was directed and written by Bill Paxton. That motherfucker knows how to make a good movie. That guy can act, too. Bill Paxton was even... If you ask anyone out of Aliens besides Ripley, everyone's favorite character is Bill Paxton or Hicks. I'm a Bill Paxson guy myself. I also like Vasquez. She's awesome. She kicks so much ass. Oh, yeah. Dude, when we do Aliens, it's going to be probably a two or three parter. We're going to have you on. Don't worry. You're you're going to be on there. So anyway. I, I'm I'm an Aliens fan, certainly. A Xenomorph fan. My friend Casey, huge fan. We'll get into that. Anyway, back to this movie. So now it's kind of become like a, uh, you know, it's heading right for us kind of thing. It's already, and then they go, it's already here. And that's when the shining thing takes place, right? They take shelter. Uh, Bill gets crushed by his fiance. She, you know, like we've just covered that. And then um, at that point, they go and they go to the Aunt May's part, which, by the way, was that a Wizard of Oz reference? I think Aunt it was Mace. Aunt May. Was that? Like, wasn't that a Resident? Uh, sorry, Resident Evil. Wasn't that a uh, Wizard of Oz reference? Aunt May. No. Uh, no. Uh, that that one was no reference. I thought it was a reference. Okay. Anyway, her. But they uh, they find out the it the F four spawned up into an F five. It upgraded. But it destroyed the town that her aunt lives in. Is what I meant. 
Yeah, it hit Wakita head on. They had no warning. So they go, oh shit, and everyone just go. And this is also what makes them very interested in making Dorothy fly because they're like, if they would have only had 15 minutes sooner, they would have lived. Even five minutes sooner would have made a huge difference. I just have it in my notes. They said 15 instead of five. Yeah, I, I just Dor wrote that down. They're trying to shoot for 15 at the time with Dorothy. Yeah. Um, by the way, this is uh, off subject, but, you know, we do this on the night party. Um, this reminds me, we just had the horrible tragedy in, uh, in uh, uh, the Hawaiian Islands with the fires. And they said that the only problem was they didn't, if they would have released the sirens like 15 minutes earlier, every like a lot of people would have survived, but they didn't. And they blocked off roads because they didn't know what the fuck was going on. So, dude, really 15 minutes makes a, a huge oh, difference. Yeah. A huge difference. You know, I mean, if, if I was to get a warning... You know, buckle down, something's happening. Or get the fuck out, something's happening. 15 minutes is a long time. Like, 15 minutes is about 20 miles, depending on how fast you're traveling, you know. Even if you're on foot, 15 minutes is a long time. You know, 15 minutes could be grab a rifle, get in your car, and drive the fuck out of town. You know, via... I mean, you, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. So, either way... Um, but the ant makes it out alive. Everything else is good. And, uh, she, uh, she has a little bit of a broken wrist bump on the head. Nothing too serious. Her oh, house is demolished though. But the greatest thing is the dog makes it out alive. She makes it out alive. And the greatest, uh, dude, this is one of my favorite scenes though, is when they go and get her and they have to go throughout the house, through the basement and the house is falling apart as they get her. I really actually like this. I, I thought it was really cool. It was different from the rest of the movie because instead of chasing the dragon, if you will, they're they're um, saving somebody from the dragon, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. And which something you won't really see anymore today. The TV was that was going to crush them. Stop by a cable wire. Yeah, I know. How many movies fucking... The cable wire does not exist. And it was one of those screw-in ones. Remember those? Back oh, in the yeah. day? When you hook in your Nintendo and you had to screw it in or Atari or whatever. And God forbid the needle got bent. Oh, 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 oh. I was a master. Dude, I was a master. One time my needle got broken, right? And I was able to, to like put it together in a certain way. And then when it worked, it's super. I, I uh, put uh, two-part epoxy on it, so it was like permanent. <laughs> my parents were not happy about that, so uh, that cable ended up on my 12-inch um, black and white TV. But you know, Fair. Hey, oh, sorry, nine-inch, nine-inch. And uh, the cool thing about that is I only had Mortal Kombat on um, Super Nintendo, uh, on uh, and and the blood looked real because it was only black and white. And you know what? I miss playing Mortal Kombat in the black and white. The only difference, you couldn't tell the difference between Sub-Zero and uh, Scorpion. But it was still fun to play. True. Yeah. All right. Moving on. 
So now they're after the F5, and this is a long sequence. And you're forgetting one of the best parts. Oh shit! All right, sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa! Go for it. They're loading Aunt Meg into the ambulance. She's mm. like, "No, I'm gonna drive myself." And they're like, "Your, your car, car is in a tree." In a tree. The yeah. <laughs> and she's just, "Oh god." God damn it! I have to buy a new car. No, no, she she's a badass in this movie. You know, I mean, if this was a zombie movie, she'd be the one holding a goddamn fucking shotgun. All right, so uh, let's see. And then right after that, that's when I know how to make Dorothy fly. Oh, yes. Yes, I know. Okay, I'm going to throw away my notes. They're gone. Because um, uh, Helen Hunt sees the wind chimes that are shaped like a tornado. And she goes, I just found out a way. And then they cut out a sponsor. Coca-Cola, they cut up all these cans, the aluminum cans, just like the wind chimes. And they fan them. Speak on it. Coke, Diet Pepsi, every can they could get their hands on and cut themselves with. <laughs> yeah. And they end up cutting these little, like, uh, propellers, if you will. And yep. they put them back in. And the idea is that aluminum is lighter than, lighter than air when it's caught in a stream, right? And so they lower, uh, they load the last Dorothy, the Dorothy three, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because we already went through two Dorothys, There's three and four. Okay, they tried three. Yeah, and the pack was too light. Yeah, exactly. And they even warned the other. Um, or did it happen yet? Where they warned the uh, bad yeah, storm chaper? Because they put Dorothy three out on the on the road. Because surprise, no one's near it. Oh, that's when we have our crying scene where they actually... Yeah, you're right. That's the scene where it's over the CB tree, radio. Yeah. Tree comes over, knocks down Dorothy 3. Too light. Yeah. They try to warn him. Carrie Elvis' character. They don't listen. And they're wiped out. The whole fucking crew is wiped out in like like that. Like in a millisecond, if I'm, if I'm correct, right? Continuity-wise. It's just uh, Elvis and his driver at that point. But and you see like, the rest of the cars get sucked up. Uh, no, it's just uh, them and the trailer. Everyone else is back recording. Oh, well, we don't see them for the rest of the movie, so I assume that they either died or they're just like, fuck, uh, I'm out. You know, I quit. No, they're in the uh, safe zone way to the back. Okay. Watching their boss get, you know, turn to chicken. Now at this point, though, uh, Joe and Bill are kind of on their own where they're taking front and they're just going to take over the the uh, um, the tornado hunt, if you will. Like they're remember, they even say, like, fall back. We got this. As they're chasing it, if, am, am I correct? You are correct. So at this point, we have an F5. We have the finger of Sinatra and. It is fucking up everything, but now, okay, here's my problem with this movie at this point. I realize it's a movie. It pick a F2 was picking up cows and flying them around. Somehow, Helen Hunt and Bill Paxson must have like the weighted boots from Zelda because they just kind of walk around this 
twister with no... They don't get picked up at all. Like, at all. Until it's coming right for them. Um, This is the problem I have with this movie. Uh, can you defend it? What do you want to say? Well, I mean... Are you talking about the part we're coming up to with the truck? Yes, I am talking about the part where they're coming up to with the truck. And I want you to lead this so that way we can have some kind of cinema court. Because believe me, I love this movie, but I, this is the problems I have with this movie. Besides the, I'm not going to say bad acting. I'm going to say over the top acting, which is still good. But this is the problem I have with it. So go ahead, please. Will do. After Carrie Les meets a very unfortunate demise. Yeah, that sucks. But but the bitch didn't listen. Because Bill Paxton told him, no, 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 no. It's changed the direction. It's changed the direction. And he's like, uh, get off this channel. And they're like, no, no, you need it. And then he's dead. Very sad. Yep. So at this point, they realize Pax too light. There's only one thing we can do now. Use the truck as a delivery. <clears throat> yeah. Keep going. And on the way to do this, the finger of Sinatra decides to start chucking farm equipment at them. Thank you for that. Yes. And they fling the, uh, it's, it's a nod to Terminator 2 because it looks exactly like it. And if it wasn't, I'd be surprised because of how many just little tip of the hats to other movies there are. But yeah, and it explodes. And then the uh, crew is like, did you see that explosion? And they're like, yeah, yeah we, we did. Because it's right in front of them. They don't even say that. Keep going. Take That's a truck, knocks them off the tree that got them stuck. Yeah, the evil dead tree. I call yep. it the evil dead tree. Just because it then actually looked like it was going after them on purpose. It, it really did. Just deadline right for the axle. Yep. Then Tornado starts checking farm equipment after it takes out a farm uh, farm supply. Oh, dude, fun fact about this movie. The shot where they go through the, uh, the barn is coming up, right? In yep. real life, the director pushed one of the cameramen because they said that we need a break. We need a break. And he goes, fuck you. You don't have a break. And he, he pushed him. And then they, the camera crew walked off stage and they had a rehire camera, uh, camera crew. And the director became the director of cinematography. <laughs> that really happened. Look it up. During this scene. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Just imagine what happened today. Oh, that Ooh. guy would have been sued out of the fucking oblivion. But yeah. They, uh, they're like, we got to get off this road. <laughs> yes. After dodging all the farm equipment. Right? It's so a, they are, all right, set it to cruise control. Sorry, that's my... Uh, it's all good. Arm. It added for the effect. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to edit in post. You know, we do radio here. We do not. We are not a podcast. We are a live radio. That's how we fucking rock here on the Knife Party Podcast. And it doesn't get old. Mm -mm. All right, set con cruise control, get ready to jump as they're driving th straight through the cornfield right at 
and they and they go, they go three, two, one, but they don't. They like hold, and you're like, where is three, two, one? And they're opening up the doors, and the cornfields are like busting up the truck. Now, this was a practical effect that I really liked. I didn't know that. I thought it was like you know, like at the time you go mm, CG effect. Or no, this is actually a real practical effect, and they were actually having trouble getting open those doors. Because the thing was going, even if it was going 40 miles per hour through a cornfield, I mean, corn weighs a lot when it's hitting your, when it's hitting your vehicle going that fast. But they, uh, they jump and then, all right, the, it took the truck. Oh shit, we gotta go. <laughs> then they start making for the farm. They make for the farm. Um, w was Dorothy released yet or no? I think it was, huh? I'm, they, I'm, I can look up left. my notes. I threw my notebook. I do that when I get excited. I just throw my notebook. I go, fuck it. It's okay. By this point, we don't need it. Yeah, we don't. They left Dorothy for the final Dorothy attached to the truck. Oh, yeah. And now uh, when it releases, it starts giving real information about it. And they're like, we're logged on. We got more information we ever had but it's coming right for you. So then the the F5 is now coming for them. And by the way, they don't get, like I said, do they have the like lead boots in Zelda that, that make it so you can go through the water temple? But they make their way through a barn. I'm, oh, go, go ahead. Sorry. To, to play defense for a moment, I'm going to say they were just outside of the suck zone. Just to give them the benefit. Okay. Now, there is another comment in this movie how a twister can ignore five houses and go and just take one. So, I guess it makes sense in that. So, I'm going to leave it alone. However, it seems like the twister was after Joe the whole time, yet, at this point, it decides not to take her. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying continuity error, maybe. Or maybe I, I'm not a meteorologist. I don't know. Now they go through a whole thing though, actually. They go speaking of it speaking goes of this. It goes through a whole fucking barn. They run through the barn, which is why? Why wouldn't you just run around it? Then they go and he goes. Uh, they go to another like uh, barn, and and this barn you're, is. You're forgetting the fence. Oh, you're forgetting the fence. Uh, oh, the, oh, oh, my the, bad. The, the little pick, the little picket fence. Okay. That was they have being to hop over and shot at them. <laughs> and then they finally go into a little barn, and he goes, "This barn, this uh, pipe must go down uh, thirty you're, feet." You're just ahead. You're just ahead. Oh shit! They, go ahead. They, Sorry. They go. They go into the barn. Like, all right, you know, we're gonna take cover. They look up. All of the fucking farming tools, sharp. Just what's wrong with these people? And then they they have to run out of there. Which, by the way, the horses get away just fine. Yeah. They're okay. The horses are okay, ladies and gentlemen. And they end up at the watershed, the pump house. All right, you know, these pump these pipes go down about 30 feet. We'll be good. We anchor to them. All right, get these leather straps and secure us in. All right, hold on. Now, the greatest thing is, is Bill Paxson is like, 
They won't. That won't hold us. We need to get these. And they put them underneath their armpit on the left-hand side, which is fucking stupid because that's where your heart is. And they put them around their neck, which is fucking stupid because it's around your heart. If you were smart, you would put it over your body and underneath your arms. That way you would live. You know, anyway, regardless. Um, then we get the the twister going over them and it annihilates everything and they're they're like flying up like the gravitron and their feet are in the air and everything else and then you, you know the the funnel and just look up right where it is and, and then there's there. yeah you, we have our like moment where oh it's all peaceful and shit in the middle of the eye of the storm and it goes through and of course it settles And the rest of the crew comes up. They look, it didn't take the house. No, they're like the extreme, man, the extreme. Oh, Joe. Oh, man, we got so much data. And they come in and they're like, oh, you know, uh, uh, you know, oh, oh, we got it. We got it. We got it. Now all we need to do is get funding, dude. And they're like, yeah, man, surf's up, bro. And they're they're all about it, and uh, the the whole fucking team is happy and Bill about. Bill and Joe it. are arguing about who's gonna end up running the lab. Exactly, <laughs> and they kiss, and it's great, and that's Twister, and um, man, uh, we can't end it like that though. We can't. It, we just can't. Um, what do you give this movie on um, on your Rotten Tomatoes? Now, after reviewing it, I always want to ask after. I give this a hard, and I mean hard, 75, because this is a three-quarters movie for me, meaning it's three-quarters awesome. So, like, we have certain benchmarks, like an 80 is 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 uh, Event Horizon, for instance. You know, like, if it's above Event Horizon, it's an 80 kind of thing. You know, if it's above a 90, you know, it's it's this kind of thing. What would you give this? And then we have to take our scores Combine and divide. What would you give this? Personally, I would put it a hard 85. A hard 85. Motherfucker. Okay. You know what? Because you give it an 85, I'm going to certify this sharp. I'm going to get it a 75. So we'll make it a solid 80. Meaning... As a summer blockbuster, you have to be better than an 80 to beat Twister. How do you feel about that? Is is that a is that is that a good a good good number for us? It is. Okay, hold on. Let me because we've been going and uh they're not going to check this far. I'm going to play the Van Halen song out, okay? What do you think about that shit? Read my mind. By the way, um this is your first uh, podcast. You did you did very very well. I'm not kissing your ass or anything, but uh, uh, how do, how do you feel about this shit? I, I feel pretty good. Good. Uh, it's weird, weird having been on a podcast now. It is. That I could say that. Well, it's just one of those things you don't readily think about that you end up doing. Well, I mean, the knife party is a little bit different than like what you would normally do. But uh, you know we're we're all oh shit here we go. Let me turn this down a little bit. 
There we go. So, um, thank you for being a part of this, and thank you actually for recommending this. Um, I would have rewatched this, but without your recommendation, it would have been very low on the list. So, thank you very much, man. Uh, Nick Neo, do you have anything pr- to promote, even though you're a major sponsor on this podcast? I mean, to be honest with you, you and probably about three other people are what make this podcast happen without it coming out of my pocket. The only thing I can uh, recommend is join the knife party. Join the knife party. That's right. And that's at our Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. And um, like I said, if you enjoyed this video and you want to be a part of this too, you'll never be as cool as Nick Neo, but you can be a part. And uh, it's only $1. But you can uh, always... Dude, I have a very, very cool package that I'm going to send you in December, dude. I mean, you're going to get some really cool merch. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, dude, you're going to get some cool shit. But hey... Th- you know what? The recommendation was great. Oh, and by the way, I just uploaded your uh, your other request for, um, I don't know if you heard it yet, but uh, your uh, request for Event Horizon just dropped today. I saw that post earlier. Yeah. it's go- Dude, I'm telling you, it's good. It's really good. Okay, man. Well, uh, dude, uh, it's been fun. Fuck, man. We've already been going like almost two. Fuck, we're almost at two hours. Hey, when it's a good movie. It is a good movie. So, Big Trouble Little China is coming up next with you. Is that, 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 that's your choice? Well, you did ask what's missing on the list. Big Trouble Little China coming up next with Nick Neo. Now, I don't mean next tomorrow. I mean next. We're going to do it, and we're going to do it well. Kurt Russell, fucking Raiden is based off of this movie. Um, this is right after the heels of uh, Blade Runner. Same director, good stuff, dude. I can't wait. I haven't seen this movie since '94. To be, be honest with you, and I fucking love this movie because I was a couple years since I've watched it. Yeah, so we'll, we're gonna do that. Um, that's gonna be our next movie. Okay. All right. Cool. We'll plan it. We'll make it happen. It's probably gonna be next month. But uh, hey, man, Nick Neo. You, Everyone should thank Nick Neo if you listen to the show. He's uh, one of the our, he is our biggest sponsor. He makes the shit happen, and he's not good at radio yet. But I'm gonna change that shit. I'm gonna make Nick Neo a regular, hopefully. I mean, hey, I made your boy who's boring as fuck, Rob, a good radio guy. I can make you a good radio guy. Well, unlike Rob, I have a very charismatic personality. Oh, shots fired. Okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's going to listen to this. Closing message. Be kind, rewind. That's from me. (sighs) Okay, here we go. Is there a message you need to give out to H1N1 zombies? And I want you to be from the heart. Because he said that you like shit movies. And I told him they didn't have to be good. But we need a clear message from you to H1N1 zombies. 
if I have such shit taste, why do you come to me for recommendations? I think a few is going to build out of this. I think I, I feel like it's like wrestling. I think you're the ultimate warrior and he is the Hulk. I don't know who's going to win. But I think in Cinema Court, when we choose a movie, it's got to be you via him. I don't know what movie we're going to do. But I mean, like, I feel tensions building. I don't think it's going to be a one-off. You know, I, th I think it's going to build. I really think it is. Oh, this is a constant thing between me and him. Yeah. I, I, I think this is the starting point, or not the starting point. I think this is the ignition point. Um, I'm gonna, when he hears this, he's going to know. Like, it's on. Is it on? That's all up to him. Oh, I think it's be, on. He talks, he talks mad shit about you, dude. Mad shit. Not about you, not you as a person, but about your movie, like, like preferences. He talks mad shit. I've seen plenty of movies and I know a lot of good selections for anime as well. Oh, dude, I'm out on, if you guys go anime, the only thing I know is Macros Plus. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of out there. Uh, I'm, I'm a basic bitch when it comes to, uh, anime. Like I know Vampire Hunter D I know Macross. I know all that shit. And I know some old school shit like Demon City, Sinjuku. Do you, have you ever seen that? I have not, but I am aware of it. It's some 1980 shit. I'm, a, um, the only anime I've watched is 1980 shit. Either way, uh, you guys, we need to get you in a room together. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, he next Tuesday he's off. Are are, are we gonna square off? We gonna do some shit, talk some shit, get into it. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at the camera. Uh, what's that? The fifth? I think so. Um, also too. Uh, after dark, I want you on after dark because I want to hear you versus him and some fucking. For real stories, like I do, because but that's Patreon only on After Dark, and that's off the uh, five dollars I got five kids to feed thing. But I really want to get you guys yeah. into it. I really do. I want to hear some fucking stories, dude. I'm so excited to because you have no idea how he talks about you, and you you know what I mean. And it's not all bad things, obviously. But he really goes, oh, that guy's just tr uh, the biggest troll piece of shit you will ever meet. <laughs> Not in a bad way. But in a way. Well, I, I know. All right. And, and granted, if the opportunity is there, I might have a tendency to lean into it. I want you to destroy H1 because I'm going to be looking at him right at the whole time and be like, oh, shit. You know, and I'll host it. I'll be the Jerry Springer. You know, <laughs> dude, we did. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done this. Uh, we're at an hour and 40 minutes. We went longer than the movie, practically. Just about. Yeah, we're getting pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty you have, do you have anything to uh, to uh, sign off with? Like we all have our sign offs like be kind, rewind or I got some videotapes. 
What is yours? Give it to us now because now you are officially a twice podcaster on the show. What is yours? There you are. Nick Neo, thank you very much for being on the show and we will talk to you soon, my friend. See you then. Okay, cool. All right. Thank you so much. This was Twister and this was us.